Today on Lockdown Horn Frogs, the biggest impact freshman for TCU football in 2023 will come from the defensive side of the ball. I'll tell you why next. You are Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It's Locked On Horned Frogs, your team every day. We're brought to you today by HelloFresh. Uh, if you need fresh meals, if you're tired of eating the same things over and over, why don't you try HelloFresh? You can get subscriptions at HelloFresh.com. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. That count keeps going up. I appreciate that. You can also find us wherever it is you get your podcast and its audio variety. Uh, today, we're going to talk TCU freshmen and impact players. You know, coming into this, so as far as the early enrollees go, which when we talk about impact freshmen, it's not necessarily a requirement that they enroll early, but I just think if, if guys are coming in in the summer and in fall camp, it's really difficult to adjust to a new world, new school, all these things, and have a significant impact, hit the ground running immediately. Like maybe eventually during the season, you'll see some of those players pop up, but I feel like it's going to be sparingly until they can kind of get the, the lay of the land and get into a groove. But for these players that are here in the spring – you know, there's more of an opportunity to get reps and to understand exactly what they're going to be doing on a week-in and week-out basis. And one player that's really popped, Cordell Russell, is the headliner of the class, and I think he's going to have a, a big-time season. I feel like he's going to have a huge impact at TCU. I will say he's currently dealing with an injury right now, and so he's having to sit out, um, you know, as, as they kind of figure out what to do with him moving forward. Um, he's not going through practice at the moment. But then you look at some of the other players, Lafayette Caraway, the, the tight end, um, Kylan Salter, the linebacker, Jordan Bailey, wide receiver, Jonathan Bax, the edge rusher, uh, Renan Fontenette, one of the, the safeties that they brought in this year, Jamal Johnson, also a safety. Some of these guys are going through camp. One name that keeps popping up, and he spoke with the media today, is Jonathan Bax. And um, Bax was a three-star recruit. He's from New Orleans area. Um, and you know, three star, four star, we can split hairs about that. But one thing that was pretty clear is that he had a really impressive offer list. You know, it was teams like Baylor, teams like Southern Miss, and then LSU made a late push to try to get Johnson in the fold. And thankfully, for the Frogs, he stuck with his TCU commitment. Now, he was an edge rusher in high school, he's transitioning, he's transitioning, excuse me the outside linebacker role, but he's going to have kind of a hybrid role, sort of similar to what D. Winters did this past season as far as rushing the passer, also, you know, making plays in coverage. And it seems like he's picking up on things quickly. He said today that it was a frustrating transition for about the first week, learning different assignments, learning all the different things he had to do, but he seems to be fitting in nicely. And we've talked a lot about how the biggest concern for this team at least on paper, is how do you generate pass rush, right? You got guys like Dominic Williams and Caleb Fox and Tyman Mitchell coming back. But your your big-time rusher off the edge, Dylan Horton, has moved on. He's pursuing an NFL career now. And so how do you find a way to replicate what you're losing um, from that position? And one way you can do it is if you have an athletic guy on the edge you can bring from different angles, uh, who you can match up with different players, different linemen, different tight ends, those kind of things. And Bax fits the profile 
of someone that can do that. He's 6'2", weighs 230. I imagine Coach Kaz and company will put some weight on him over the next few uh, weeks and months as they get more into the offseason program once spring practice wraps up. But he's a player who has just popped a lot um, and it seems like is making a big impact on a week-in and week-out basis. Now, coming up this Friday, it's easy to having the spring game. So that's a player to watch. I think Jonathan Bax is someone um, who is going to have a huge impact for TC moving forward. And they're going to need somebody, you know, as good as the secondary is. And I think they're going to be really solid with guys like Avery Helm coming in, Josh Newton returning, um, Channing Canada, Mason White coming in from the JUCO ranks. But even as good as your corners are, uh, even as good as this linebacking core is, which I think Bax is, is obviously a part of that, but you also got guys like Shad Banks, Johnny Hodges, Terrence Cooks. Um, you have a good mix, Jamoy Hodge. You have a good mix of big physical inside linebackers who can come up and stop the run, and then more athletic kind of edge guys, hybrid guys who can make plays on the edge and fill in gaps in the middle and also step out and make plays in coverage. All that being said, Similar to the offense, how we talked about, it's going to come down to the O-line, right? Can they protect? You have a lot of skill position players. You have a lot of guys who have a ton of potential, who uh, seem on paper like the other type of players that could have explosive seasons and lead to explosive plays. But you have to be able to protect up front. And in that same way, you have a really good secondary. You have experienced safeties, good corners. Um, You have linebackers who can run sideline to sideline. If you can't find a way to bother the quarterback and mess up his internal clock and get him off balance and force him into bad throws, then even as good as your other parts might be, it's really tough to be disruptive of an offense if you can't get home. And so hopefully Bax is one of those guys who can come from different angles Um, understand different assignments, you know, disguise coverages and create havoc, but doing that in in multiple ways. And one of those ways being getting to the QB and making plays because you have to have someone, it doesn't have to be one person necessarily, whether it's a group effort or just one guy, somebody's going to have to replace that production that Dylan Horton brought and especially popped late in the season. You think about the Michigan game. Um, You think about even the Big 12 championship game against K-State when the defense played better in the second half. That was led by, you know, Dylan Horton. At times, D. Winters finding ways to create chaos and create havoc off the edge. And so I think Bax is a player um, that can do that in a big way. And so I'd encourage you, if you're going out there on Friday night, to uh, look look for Jonathan Bax as, you know, you watch this defense get out there for the first time. Um, and it's sort of a strange year because you're, you're looking at a situation where the defense might be ahead of the offense early on, second year in, in their system, a lot of returning players. Uh, but that spring game on Friday, gates are open at 6, kickoff at 7 in the Carter. Uh, obviously, they're probably not going to show a lot. But, hey, it's football and it's an opportunity to see TCU in action before the offseason program and the season gets started. When we come back, TCU added uh, – a player in the transfer portal, a big man. We'll talk about that next. This is Lockdown Horn Frogs. Before we do that, though, I do want to talk about FanDuel. FanDuel, um, one of the, the great betting parlay partners in the country, the official betting partner of the NBA, NBA playoffs coming up here shortly, Major League Baseball in full swing as well. Um, they have a safe, easy-to-use app that you can download. It's secure. 
and it's it's easy to navigate, which is probably the biggest thing. But also, you have um, their no sweat first bet deal. So you can go to fanduel.com slash locked on, and that's fanduel.com slash locked on, and you can get up to $1,000 in bonus bets if you put as little as $5 down. You can bet money lines, you can do parlays, you can do prop bets, whatever it is that you might be interested in. FanDuel's got you covered. Um, do it today. If you're like, man, I, I watch sports all the time, I feel like I know what's going to happen. I'm really good at predicting games. We'll find a way to make some money off of it. Download that FanDuel app or go to FanDuel.com slash locked on for their no sweat first bet deal. Get those bonus bets and get it today. FanDuel, it's where the game starts. Again, official betting partner of the NBA. Back here on Locked on Horn Frogs, and we're talking uh, TCU basketball now. So the Frogs added Jameer Nelson Jr., guard out of Delaware, who averaged 20 points a game last season. Um, and so they've been, you know, adding to this roster, obviously losing a lot. Mike Miles is declared for the NBA draft, and he'll be moving on. Um, still waiting for word on guys like Emmanuel Miller, Chuck O'Bannon, Damian Ball. We'll see what their, you know, next steps are, but it's possibility that they could all be gone. Um, I don't think all of them will leave. I, I, my guess is one or two of them will, be, will leave, though, depending on what draft grades come out to be and all that. But TCU has been active in the transfer portal, and they landed their second commitment today. Um, Isam Mufasa, the uh, big man out of Coastal Carolina, uh, averaging 12 points and 10 rebounds a game, shot 55% from the field. And he's 6'9", so he's got good size. Uh, and if you're wondering what kind of player he is, he's originally from Egypt. He's been at Coastal Carolina for the last few seasons and has been a really solid producer for them. The last three years, he's averaged 12 points a game, 13 points a game, and 12 points a game, and had a double-double average this year with 10 rebounds. The past two years, um, eight rebounds and nine rebounds. So he's the type of player that can get in there and, and mix it up on the inside. But he truly is a player that's going to score – around the basket. I saw today that he shoots 59% from around the rim and 83% of his attempts have been within five feet of the rim. So um, this is a guy that's, he's not stepping out and shooting jump shots. Okay. He's working down low in the post. He's cleaning up, he's getting rebounds. So this is a big deal. Uh, you know, they need another big man. Xavier Cork is coming back and that's really it at the moment. Uh, Salomane Dubai is in the transfer portal Eddie Lampkin is moving on to Colorado. So you need somebody who can step in and fill that role, um, especially from a rebounding perspective. And this is this is someone who can do that immediately. And then being able to score is going to be huge as well as Eason comes over from Coastal Carolina. Um, so a nice get. I like this. Jameer, Jelson, Jameer Nelson Jr. coming in. You got a big man um, in Eason Fossa. Uh, who will be stepping in and playing for TCU as well. Again, 12 points, 10 rebounds, double-double guy last season for the Chanticleers of Coastal Carolina. Um, and he can slide into this lineup and be a factor immediately. Again, good size at 6'9", and someone who's going to score around the rim. is not going to be doing it you know, from the outside. Maybe that's a, a part of his game that he hasn't really leaned into yet, but he doesn't necessarily have to because you have players like Emmanuel Miller who are more skilled at the mid-range. This is going to be a true post-up player, which is a nice get for TCU basketball. As far as what are they going to do moving forward, um, Avery Anderson, the Oklahoma State guard, he hit the portal recently. 
And uh, he's going to be somebody that is, is highly sought after. TCU is in the mix on him. Um, he averaged 11 points a game last year. Not a great three-point shooter, even though I think his, his three-point percentage was hampered last season um, by the hand. He had a broken hand. And so that was had a huge effect on, on his shooting. But hopefully he's healthy this year. Another interesting name at Oklahoma State is Caleb Boone. So Caleb Boone is also in the portal. Um, he's a big man down low, kind of in the same mold, not a seven-footer, um, but is, is someone who is going to be tough down low, makes most of his living around the rim, finishing with both hands, being able to, um, you know, score and, and get rebounds. He had 10 points a game last year. And so Anderson and Boone appear to be kind of working in tandem. Um, so that might be an option for TCU. Primo Spears, a Georgetown guard, is also somebody that TCU is in the mix for. Um, they're in the final four for him. Uh, so he's another potential scorer. If Damian Baugh doesn't come back, which I didn't mention Damian earlier, but he's also another player that they're kind of waiting for a decision from him as far as what's next, then TCU is really going to be um, in the need for another guard who can go score. And Primo is somebody who averaged 16 points a game last year. And then one more player that I'll mention that is kind of interesting is Will Baker, um, the Nevada transfer. So Will Baker's had an interesting career. He was at Texas and he transferred to Nevada and now he's on the move again. Um, and he's a legit seven footer. Uh, he's from Austin, Texas originally averaged 13 points a game last year. And Will's more of a shooter. I mean, he shot 35% from three, 56% from the field. He's kind of your stretch four or five. Um, so he's a, he's a, I guess, more pro typical big for today's game in the sense that he can score, you know, in the mid range, he can score from the outside and yeah, he'll also take you down low from time to time. So I think he's using the market for another guard, another big man. We'll see kind of how things shake out in the, in the coming weeks. Um, but frogs getting another commitment today. And so that's, that's now two players in the transfer portal that they've landed. Nice job by Jamie Dixon and the staff trying to reload this roster, excuse me, as they get ready for the uh, 2023-2024 basketball season. When we come back, uh, TCU baseball pleasantly surprised us all. They get a series win over Oklahoma State. We'll break that down on the other side of this break. This is Lockdown Horn Frogs. So Friday I came on the show and I was uh, pretty disappointed in TCU baseball. Um, But – they, they dropped the first game of the series against uh, Oklahoma State, 7-6. to six. They go on to get two big wins against the Cowboys, and suddenly the Frogs, even though it's been a really up-and-down year for TCU baseball, they are in second place um, in the Big 12 at the moment, right behind Texas. And they have a, a weird kind of non-conference weekend series against UNC Wilmington this weekend before they head on the road to Morgantown to take on West Virginia. But they won game two, seven to three, won game three, 12 to five. And in game two, uh, a really nice performance from Cole Klecker. And it seems like Cole has really settled in and he's honestly become their most consistent starter, which would not have predicted the true freshman would have been that guy before the year. He actually didn't even start the season in the starting rotation. Uh, but Chase Hoover got to start Friday, or excuse me, Thursday in place of Ryan Vanderhigh. Cam Brown struggled on Saturday in game three of the series, uh, but Cole Klecker did not. He was fantastic. Seven innings pitch, four hits, three runs, three earned, um, gave a couple home runs, but overall a really good performance 
uh, from the true freshman. And TCU was down two to one in this game. Um, Cole Fontenelle had a single that tied it up. And then uh, they, you know, put the game in motion, had an error on a double steal that allowed Braden Taylor to score on a bad throw at third base. Anthony Silva had a huge night. He had two home runs, had a home run to tie the game at one and then hit a two run homer to put the Frogs up five to two. And after they took that lead, they did not look back, went on to win that game seven to three. Um, and then in game three, it was a back and forth uh, performance. You know, both teams were taking the lead and throwing haymakers. Um, but TCU was facing a really good pitcher in Jerron Watts-Brown. He's Oklahoma State's ace, and they touched him up well. I mean, over five innings, he gave up five runs, walked four. Um, Curtis Byrne had a huge three-run home run that gave them a three-to-one lead. Cam Brown struggled again. Um, only three innings pitched, gave up five earned runs. But uh, Sam Stoutenborough and Garrett Wright, really closed the door after that. That This bullpen was great this weekend. It really seems like with Garrett Wright healthy, they're starting to, you know, work into some pretty defined roles and into a place where they're, you know, pitching well, and that's with Luke Savage still out. So once Luke comes back, this is a bullpen that could potentially get even better. Um, a huge eighth inning for TCU. It was tied 5-5. They score seven runs in the eighth, aided by some wild pitches, some walks. Um, there were a lot of reasons for that, but they also had some big hits. Elijah Nunez had a huge double to kind of break that game open. So TCU baseball right back in the thick of it in the Big 12 title hunt. Um, Texas is the team to beat right now. They're playing really good ball. They took two out of three from K-State at home over the weekend. Again, a series with UNC Wilmington and then TCU headed on the road to take on West Virginia in a couple of weeks when they resume Big 12 play. We'll be back tomorrow. This is Locked on Horn Frogs. It's your team.